Greetings, Amigops, and Top Teners everywhere. This is Mike from Top Ten with Kyle and Mike. I am joined this week, as I am every week, by our lovely, it looks like kind of purple, maybe Merlot hoodied. I might be getting his outfit totally wrong, co-host Kyle. Kyle and I are blessed, graced, delighted to be joined by our lovely partners in crime, Allegis, wife of the pod, with the bumpin' long red hair going this week, and fiancé of the pod, Caroline, with the horizontal, also kind of purpley, merlot-y top going on here. The four of us are going to discuss a topic. I think we kind of know what it might be, but I'm not sure exactly what it's going to be. Allegis and Kyle will let us know. We're going to discuss that topic over the course of this episode, debate it vigorously, rank it, re-rank it. By the end of this episode, we will have a definitive top 10 list. So guys, what are we talking about? Thank you, Michael, for that fantastic introduction. Yes, we are recreating the group that we accidentally put together way back when we did our top 10. I think it was Parks and Rec, right? We just like decided we were doing a, a Parks and Rec episode and then like Caroline oh it was New Girl that's right oh New Girl you're right and Carol- and I, I, Caroline was in the other room and I was yeah. like you gotta get in here well anyways that was really fun I thought that was a great episode and I know that Caroline has an attachment to this show as do you and I thought I would get in trouble if I did this podcast without Allegis because it's like maybe Allegis's favorite show like it's up there ever like it's way way up there which is saying something so you, the listeners know from the, the name of the episode, we're going to talk about Schitt's Creek, which, and it was, it was on my mind because uh, we just talked about it last week with Jerry, when we did the top TV families, and yeah. we put the roses pretty high. But it got me thinking about the show and how much I loved it, and I thought it was time for us to discuss it. So I know you've seen it all, but when did you guys, I guess you would have finished it relatively recently because the show itself ended all, not all that long ago right mm-hmm. yeah so we we heard some rumblings a while ago and saw the like still images on netflix and we're like that looks terrible yeah because <laughs> it was just roland for whatever reason roland was like the only person in the marketing materials so we ignored it for a very long time then we watched the first all but the last season in quick succession about what six months ago yeah like in in the fall maybe yeah maybe even a little before maybe that. last summer and then we waited because we wanted to watch a couple other shows we just finished the last season kind of right when it came became available yeah. so pretty recently so i think right around the same time as you guys okay excellent yeah it we it it we watched it really, really quickly. And did then, we like, say what this was? You did. You just said this was Shit's Creek, right? Sorry. Yep. Yeah, yeah, Shit's Creek. Okay. And although normally when we talk TV shows like this, we do the top 10 minor characters, which I started putting that list together. And this show is so Rose centric that there really aren't that many minor characters. Like there are, there are, there aren't that many truly minor characters because. The supplementary characters are all so important to the show. Like, like to call Twyla a minor character just like doesn't make sense. Like, yeah. Same with Roland or Jocelyn, or like even like Bob or like a, you know like some of those characters. <laughs> I love Bob. And when, yeah. <laughs> when you get into the characters that just have like weird minorish kind of roles, like there just aren't that many of them. Like, um, so it didn't make that much sense to do that list. So 
we're just going to do the top 10 episodes. Like, it's a short enough show that I think we can oh. do that effectively. And at least for me, like, when I think about the show, I think of a couple of episodes that <laughs> affected me greatly <laughs> from an emotional point of view. And I just, I would like to talk about some of those episodes specifically. And so it's going to be pretty straightforward. Just the top 10 episodes, my favorites. And that's it. I think that's the right way to do this. Yeah. I think it's interesting. The show, I think, early on wanted to be Parks and Rec and introduce us to a big, fully fleshed out world. And then I think sort of realized that that wasn't the best way for them to do the show. Because early on, when they're introducing you to sort of the townsfolk, you get a lot of those quick intros. And then you kind of expect to just keep getting more. And then it sort of stops, which I thought was really cool. You, They're like, okay, we met everyone we're going to meet now. And we're just going to get really close to them. And I think that was part of the secret sauce that made this show so good. I also think that if we tried to rank all of the characters, not even just minor ones, I would have such a difficult time because yeah. you could ask me on a Wednesday what my favorite <laughs> characters were, and then my or and then ask me on a Thursday like who my favorite characters were, and I'd have totally different answers because it it changes all the time. It changed my episode. They're all so lovable. It's so hard to pick. Yeah, and they're ultimately this is even more of a relationship oriented show than I think most. Like even Parks and Rec, where I think we talked about on this, like the April and Ron team up is a really adorable team up, and it's cute to see their relationship develop over time. This show really like the the meat of this show is the way the different characters have these relationships, and so to say that you love Johnny is great but like you can't love johnny without saying like johnny and stevie johnny and moira you know like those relationships drive your enjoyment of each character so i don't think you can judge any one character in isolation they're all they're all interconnected yeah absolutely and like for that reason i think the best episodes of the show are the ones where like those relationships are put on display and so i think that's what yeah. we'll, we'll talk about a lot but really the only metric i used was how much i loved each episode i tried to pick ones where like the storylines were relatively well balanced but some of these it's just like there's one there's one or even sometimes it's just a joke like if a joke is really good and it's one that i think about a lot like the episode <laughs> might be on the list so we'll just get into it we'll go from there i think this is the right way to do it but i'm you were really wanting to do the minor character one since, like, episode two you started thinking of, or season two, I mean. <laughs> but I guess that's probably because at that time they seemed minor, and then as the show goes on, yeah. they aren't really anymore. <laughs> well, it's, and it's exactly like Mike said. It's like, and that was it. Like, after the first season, like, two maybe, like, that was it. That's everybody. Like, these are the residents of Schitt's Creek, and now, here, watch this, and we'll make you love them more than you thought you would. <laughs> They just tell you up front, you're like, you're going to be new to this town and it's going to look unappealing at first. And like, by the end of it, you're going to love it. And like, <laughs> you kind of know that is going to happen from the beginning and then it happens anyways. Yeah. Except I feel like I wasn't expecting much from a show titled Shit's Creek. <laughs> like, it just sounds like it's going to be kind of what Mike was saying. It just looks silly. It doesn't look that good. I feel like it just sounds like it's going to be a bunch of kind of dumb or crude jokes 
And it's so much more than that. It's just, I mean, yeah. the, mm-hmm. the comedy parts of the show aren't even the best parts, even though it is so funny. The best parts of this yeah. show are the ones where, like you said, the relationships really come through and you see how close they grow over the course of it. So I love the title of the show and I think the concept is so funny and it, it goes along with the vibe of the town, but it's really not what you would expect from a show that has a joke basically in its name. It's a fart joke. Really. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, really just not what you would expect. Yeah. yeah. One thing that I'm really excited about to talk about on these episodes is that I forget a lot of the specific episodes, mm-hmm. but I don't think I've ever seen a show that better balances I don't know what the right term would be like, but quest episodes or like side quest episodes with sort of central plot episodes. Like, I think a lot of shows do one or the other of those things really well or do both of them really well, but kind of balance them inconsistently. Scrubs is a show that I think did that really well, where like there'd be they sort of found the right mix of advancing the plot and also just doing like silly adventures. And this show did that just extraordinarily well in that, like you never really knew what you were getting until the episode ended, whether this was just an episode where something silly happened and it was a nonsense adventure or whether this was going to be one of the fundamental episodes of the show, which is so it's just cool and exciting. And every episode was like a real, was a real surprise i think a good counterpoint or a counter example to kind of illustrate your point is the mandalorian where it's like there's four episodes that are absolutely plot driven episodes and there's four episodes that are just like kind of do whatever episodes and you can't break down schitt's creek into buckets like that it's all kind of totally one thing so it feels just right like it always felt just right yeah I hope no one has high expectations for me to remember specific episodes based on the <laughs> fact that my brother is the king of remembering every episode and every line of every show he's ever watched. Yeah, I, I should caveat that I didn't do a, a, season, a series rewatch like Ian is yeah. liable to do. Damn it, Kyle. Damn yeah, it. Yeah. I'm excited to take you to take your tour. All right. So episode 10. I had... Uh, this is <laughs> season one, episode six. I remember this distinctly is the first time that I laughed really, really hard at the show. <laughs> it's uh, it's the episode is called Wine and Roses. <laughs> and it's oh, yeah. best known as the episode where she does the um, the flute wine commercial for the herb, herb flirtlinger. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and she gets really drunk. It's actually it's herb, herb. Er, Herb Erlinger? Herb Erlinger, something like that. Flirtlingbringer. Er, <laughs> <laughs> you said flute wine. <laughs> oh, that is funny. <laughs> I don't. I didn't remember the other aspects of this episode so much. Apparently, David has a panic attack, which I don't remember. Um, I do remember. This is back when Alexis and Mutt are a thing, and they go to a yoga class with um, Roland and Jocelyn, I believe. Which is nice and awkward, but and I think they drag David along with them. I think there's a part in that scene where the instructor says to like touch the back of your legs, <laughs> and Alexis thinks you're supposed to touch your partner, so she touches the back of Mutt's <laughs> legs or something like that. Right. That happens, I'm pretty sure. It's also when um, David thought he was having a heart attack or something, so he went to the vet 
Oh, to get it checked out. <laughs> yes, they That's took nice. him to the closest doctor's office, which was the veterinarian's office. <laughs> Is that how they meet? Ted? Enter Ted. Yeah, maybe. I- I think, I think that Is might that, be how they meet Ted. I think it might oh. be, yeah. I'm very glad that they got rid of Mutt. Like, mm. he was fine yeah. and all, but he was a distraction. He was, you know who he was? He was the um, the Mark Brandanowitz. Right. Yes, he was. <laughs> he probably lasted about as he long was, as Mark Brandanowitz, too. Yeah. Who else was? I said I said he probably lasted about as long on this show as Mark did on yeah. Parks and Rec. Mark Brandanowitz. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I just remember this is like... I knew, like, I knew Catherine O'Hara was funny, but I didn't really, like, I'd only, I knew her mostly from Home Alone, and then, like, yeah, to make me laugh that hard, and it's also, she's locked herself in her trailer, and Johnny asks her to open the door, and it opens immediately, and she's sitting, like, all the way across the trailer, and she's like, <laughs> how did you do that? She's like, I threw a shoe. <laughs> it's like, it's not that funny, but, like, her line reading of it, and the whole commercial was when I really realized that, like, oh, shit, like, Catherine O'Hara is amazing, and I can't wait for... I suspect it wasn't just you, though. Like, I think when we, we watched, I'm sure you guys did, too, when it ended, like, the, the making oh, of special. Behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I just, I think that, like, when Seinfeld got Michael Richards, like, when Parks and Rec got Chris Pratt, like, whatever, any number of shows... I think that they knew they had a talent. I don't think they had any idea what they had. And I suspect that this was probably about when they realized that they had somebody who could. No, they didn't do this, which I think was a credit to them. But like they somebody who could paper over some script deficiencies or like get them through an episode where they ran out of budget or whatever, like just figure something out for Moira, because this was when she showed how funny she was. It was also great to learn in that behind the scenes special that. She was the one, Catherine O'Hare was the one who decided to bring the wigs into her <laughs> yeah. character yeah. and who decided to bring the act, like, cr- she created that accent and Bebe. stuff. Yeah, that is just so incredible that that wasn't in the script, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Without that, I mean, totally different character. Without the wigs mm-hmm. and the voice. I mean, oh, totally. That, like, right. that makes it. That's the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. But, yep. So that was, like... Moira's coming out party on Shit's Creek. Number nine, season four, episode six, uh, open mic. This is a real heart warmer. (laughs) This is when uh, Patrick sings to David at the at the apothecary. (laughs) I might cry right now. Oh my god, me too. So cute. Um, side note: our dear friends Harry and Katrina might use that song as their first dance song at their wedding. Oh, <laughs> like the Patrick recording of it. Oh, that's amazing. That's a guaranteed that's a guaranteed tearjerker. The yeah. the less remembered other storyline of this episode is that it's revealed that they've changed the branding of the motel to Rosebud. And oh, I that like was the shot of them all walking inside and Stevie just standing outside and looking up at the at the new lettering is like arguably just as much of a an emotional twang as as patrick so to have those both in one episode and this was late enough in the series that like we were fully invested and you know didn't need to be convinced anymore but man i'm sorry you you were just saying about like the stevie moment i think it it represents something cool about this show which is that it doesn't prize romantic love over other kinds of love which i think is a mistake that a lot of tv shows especially make 
which is like, okay, character X, Y, or Z is stale. How do we advance their storyline? Oh, get them a romantic interest. Okay, that can validate this thing about them. And it could end up happening to the exclusion of people who decide to be alone, people who have close relationships with family or friends or whatever, and it kind of de-emphasizes those other types of relationships. And I think it was really cool because this is a show that really leans into the other types of ties and not just romantic ties. And I'm sure we'll talk about it later, but like the ending really does a great job with that. The different people have different stories and showing like Stevie's embrace into the family and specifically her friendship with Johnny in the same episode when you show Patrick and David is really cool. And I think shows two of the real strengths of the show. Thousand percent. I love that episode. That brings us to number eight. Number eight is season six, episode five, the premiere. This is another one where there's there's three great storylines here. So the first, the, the title of the episode is The Crows Have Eyes premiere. No. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's just the funniest. Like it's just so funny with the the actual crows and Alexis and the red carpet. Like that's just funny. It's just like Batman Begins, right? When he throws the little uh, the little radar thing. <laughs> but the the subplots on the, this episode are uh, Patrick gets his wisdom teeth removed, and then he's all drugged up back at their apartment and says some things to David about how great of a dad he will be. Oh yeah, <laughs> which was that's like cute. oh adorable. Yeah, and this is the same episode where Stevie, like Stevie and Johnny have been kind of like dancing around each other for the last couple episodes about the motel business because she thinks that she wants to be, do something, like try something else. And she realizes- Oh, the f- she tries to become a flight attendant at that terrible right. airline. <laughs> What's yes. it called? It's something stupid. Steve Air, or not Steve Air. Yeah, it's, it's a guy's something name. like that. Like, it's supposed to be, I think, like Ryan Air, but it's like Jerry yeah, it's Air. It's like Chuck Air or something, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so this is the episode where Stevie to finally talks to Johnny and says, like, I want to be back in. Like, I want to be a part of this, which it's it's late in the show. So it makes sense that they're kind of tying that back together. But um, is this the same episode where she reads the book written by Johnny Rose that he gives? Her? Oh, <laughs> I forgot about and that. And that's part of the reason she comes back to the hotel. Yeah. And like the look, this is just such a oh, great it's Larry air. I just looked it up. What is it? Larry, Larry, Larry air. air. <laughs> <laughs> oh it's so perfect oh the look on johnny's face when like he realizes that she actually read it and is gonna quote something from it to him is like he i mean like obviously johnny and alexis have like a great father-daughter relationship but like arguably a relationship i like more is johnny and stevie like we don't know anything about stevie's parents and so like the fact that johnny can fill that role for her is a pleasure to see develop Well, it's cool because they have more of an equal relationship than he and Alexis do. Like, I think he has he has a very like paternal protective relationship with Alexis, which is very cute in its own right. But it's cool that he's very invested in letting Stevie blossom on her own and kind of helping her where he can. And it makes for a a really kind of cool co-equal relationship with the motel. Faux show. This is. This this is the part normally where we would do a not top three. I I like even I even looked for some. It's not like I was just like I'll just skip this. I looked and I couldn't remember any like episodes that I really didn't enjoy. There's the I don't think there's a stinker on this show. Like I don't I remember 
waiting. Like we every episode, I was just waiting for them to like cough up a furball, and then <laughs> I just they didn't. The only one I remember in the moment, like being ready for one plot to be over, was the one where Johnny and Moira are going to the spa or something, and they hit a cat, and then they end up being like in those people's <laughs> house. Did. And, like, they, like, make them apologize to the daughter, and then they end up giving the spa day to the daughter. And it was, like, it was all funny. It was, just, I yeah. was, it was so good that it, like, really made me uncomfortable. And that's what, yeah. yeah. But that's but, also, like, a more sitcom-y plot line than they would typically do. Like, yeah. that's one of the things that the show did really well, was it avoided sort of, like, generic sitcom-y episodes. Like, I, different shows handle that differently. Like, New Girl's brilliance is that it, every episode was a sitcom setup, and it just did it super well. Like, I think that Shit's Creek was really successful because it, it, even, it, it, even when it felt like it was gonna sitcom you, it didn't really. And this was one that it, it maybe a little bit did. That's all I can think of. I think the weakest episodes of this show are the very beginning of the series, which yeah. isn't even really a fair criticism because that's true of most shows. But I do remember right. thinking that I went back and rewatched the very first episode with with my family a while back because they hadn't seen it. And I remember thinking that it just wasn't quite as funny. Like I was almost convincing them, like, don't worry, it gets way mm. funnier. But I, I don't even really think those count as bad, though. I just think it hadn't quite found its groove yet. And then it so quickly yeah. does and becomes amazing. But the first handful of episodes are not the strongest. I think probably the one we have at number 10, that's episode six. I think that's probably the first really good one. Yeah, that sounds right to me, too. Like six is right around, I think, when it starts to hit its stride. Yeah, that was it for me anyways. So we can move on to number seven. Thanks, Kevin. Sorry, I don't know Kevin. if you Sorry, played the Kevin. music or not, but uh, probably not. Okay, number seven, season five, episode eight is called The Hospies. It's not quite as good as The Dundies, but this is the one where Johnny and Roland, I think Roland comes. I think it's just supposed to be Johnny and Stevie. They go to some convention, oh, yeah. like a hospitality convention, yes. and Stevie meets that guy that reviews like motels and hotels and stuff and they've got like kind of who is on a show that my dad loves called red fern or red oaks and he plays the tennis pro who <laughs> sleeps with all of the married women and is hysterical <laughs> and it was funny seeing him play such a toned down version shouts to you jerry i know how much you love that character whose name is eluding me right now that guy was good um but they win yeah. an award for like best <laughs> Like, it's some, like, ridiculous award. Best Like, turn-down service or, like, a sheets or something. Yeah, but Johnny's, like, so proud of it. But more <laughs> important, and that's a great, that's a great plotline, but more importantly, this is the episode where <laughs> Moira and Jocelyn are struggling to find a lead actress for Cabaret, and so they must finally resort to letting Alexis that's audition. the same episode? Yes. Wow. What a oh strong one. Incredible. A little bit of Alexis? Yeah. <laughs> have you guys seen the trend uh, on i think it's on tiktok caroline has well i don't have a tiktok but i watch all of the reposts of them like on instagram so close enough but where people will play that audio clip and then do the alexis (laughs) dance it's very funny and no some of them some of them wear an outfit that looks like what she was 
wearing in the episode. It's there. Some of them are really good. That's very funny. Highly recommend. That's incredible. I also really loved, I remember like when the whole COVID thing first came out and there were memes made about it, like the hand washing one. It was like how to properly wash your hands and sing. I think it's happy birthday. The one they usually sing, but they like dubbed it. So it's like a little bit, a little bit, a little bit Alexis. And it's like, it's like 20 seconds of the song that will take to wash your hands. That was a good one. So good. Yeah. I at least for me, like I feel like that actress, and I don't know her name, like she's really, really good at being Alexis, but for the most part I think that they kind of don't ask her to do too much like in the way of physical comedy. Like the way she talks to David is really funny and she her emotional range is really put on display like late in the show. But like as far as like your conventional kind of like outwardly funny skills I think this is like a, one of the few really good examples of her flexing. And I, I get this. I suspect that a lot of this was kind of like improv by her. Like I doubt that they had like the dance kind of choreographed beforehand. So I just thought that was a really good performance by her. And it's like probably one of the defining moments of the show. <laughs> so. So funny. Yeah. Also just love the whole like behind the, like the plot behind that is that, she had her own sitcom with <laughs> yeah. Paris Hilton or something. I don't remember the extent yeah, of it. Yeah, it's like, I'll be playing was the like, title track from... Uh... <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, so good. I'm a little bit single, even when I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's funny that she ends up being so bad. Like, I guess you kind of see it coming because... Moira is so hesitant, but you also are kind of led to believe that Moira is hesitant because she's jealous and that Alexis is going to yeah. be really good. And then she's so bad. And it's just... <laughs> I was more in the Moira is jealous camp. And I was very surprised and very pleasantly surprised that she was bad. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Also, like, Moira's not like a super reliable narrator, to borrow a literature. No. Term. Like, she's not like the best judge of stuff anyways. So that was... Although, to be fair, talking literature, Moira, if you read between the lines and pay attention, is exceptionally well-read. Yes, that's true. Like, Moira's down with, like, Tolstoy. She's she is reading the <laughs> Masters. She also has a lot of really great movie references. Like, and not necessarily good oh, movies. Like, she references a lot of B-movies, usually in, like, derogatory fashion when talking about somebody else. But that was number seven. Number six, we have the very next episode, which they really changed pace or uh, changed gears quickly. The episode is called The MVP, and it's the episode where David is enlisted to play. David and Johnny both are enlisted to play in the town softball game, which amazing. That's one of my favorite episodes. That's pretty much it. Like, it's just the softball game, uh, but it's like kind of an event episode like it's a big deal it's the their sponsor is the cafe tropical right <laughs> yes they have those i need to get a pair of those in sleeves they're so cool was there an opposing team that also has a business i think it was bob's, is it garage. bob's garage i'm sure it is it, i think it was bob's <laughs> if i remember correctly yeah also is that the episode where we're introduced to his amazing white sunglasses <laughs> probably oh yeah maybe i feel like that was a defining prop of david's in the show and when i i just pulled it up when i'm picturing him in oh his softball uniform i'm picture i don't know if you guys can see this but he's wearing his 
the white sunglasses. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, they're so good. With the Cafe Tropical t-shirt. Yeah. Oh, and he's making that face, like, he's just sort of, like, I'm grimacing a little bit. You, should, you need to see it. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, just, I was, I was so excited to see him in a stupid softball uniform because I am a person who wears a stupid softball uniform. <laughs> and it's so stupid to be a grown ass person wearing baseball pants. <laughs> and you know David would disdain anybody who would wear those pants so much. And oh it just it, like the visual just didn't disappoint whatsoever. And like Johnny's bragging about how good he was and ugh I think David throwing a baseball in that uniform is my favorite, like, bit, like, physical bit he does, except for the episode where Mutt buys Alexis a bike, and then David tries to ride it, and he's, like, (laughs) wobbling, like, he's wobbling so hard. (laughs) So good. So, those two are the best. I thought you were going to say something else that I'm pretty confident is higher up on the list. Okay. So, we'll get there. Yeah, that, this is like this is an episode that has like kind of a classic sitcommy feel to it. Pit like one group of our friends against another and some good natured fun. David is the hero at the end. Doesn't he get like a walk off hit? Like it's it's what you expect from the softball episode. But wow, isn't this also where you learn that Ronnie hates Patrick for no reason? <laughs> <laughs> no, she hates him for there's a good reason. Oh, he, is there? He like he keeps getting. She's supposed to like redo the floor in the apothecary or his apartment. And he's like, hey, Ronnie, when are you going to get those floors done? Yes. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. She's like, oh, I'll get right back You're to right. it as soon as I'm done, like, haggling with my supplier or whatever to save you some money. And then, like, after that, it's just over for Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> but it definitely carries over into this episode. Yeah, but the rivalry is a big part of this episode, which I enjoy. Anytime yeah. we can get Ronnie, I'm in. Oh, yeah. AKA Pepe. <laughs> Do you guys know that meme of the frog named Pepe? He's like a... Oh, is it because of her eyes? <laughs> yes, it's the eyes. She she has some crazy eyes. They sort of looks like my uh, my dad's aunt, who was misdiagnosed with lupus for like 50 years. And it turns out, because lupus causes those buggy eyes, but it turns out she just had some weird calcified growth behind her eye. Whoa. Oh. Got it removed at like the age of 80. Not wow. lupus. Number five. <laughs> we're talking. <laughs> Number five. All right, now we're getting into some... Uh, this is what I was talking about. Okay, sorry, I can see Kyle's screen. Go ahead. Season two. So season one ends with everyone thinking that they're leaving Schitt's Creek. They think they're going to sell the town. Yeah. The deal falls through, which means that Alexis now is actually engaged to Ted, and she's just cheated on him. <laughs> but David is really distressed because he thought that Stevie would move to New York with them, and she doesn't. And he realizes he has nobody back home to move in with him. So he just runs away, and it's in season two, episode one, Finding David, that they do, in fact, find (laughs) David. (laughs) I thought when you were talking about physical comedy, you were going to say, when he's crouched in the field, holding, like, (laughs) what does he have, like, a pitchfork or something? And he's got those sunglasses on, I think. (laughs) Or so, yeah, oh, now I gotta pull up a photo. That's one of my favorite early storylines, because it, I think that the characters take a long time and they each kind of go in their own time. They take, they take a while to question whether the life that they used to live and the life they're always pining for was really kind of worth it. And I, I think David probably gets there first. 
And I think it's this particular interaction that starts to kind of send him on that journey. And it's just, it's, it's pretty magical that the show convincingly takes you from the place he is at the beginning to the place where, you know, he wants to settle down in Shit's Creek at the end of the show. Like, I really believed that arc. And I think this early sort of sprinkling of, of why was really, like, really well done. Absolutely. And <laughs> we just, just pulled the picture. Yeah, sorry. I'm it's worth a Google. Everyone. <laughs> He's wearing all black. Oh, my God. Yes. I think he might even have oh. fur on the top of his Does he hood, have? which I never noticed. Isn't one of the things that. that he has Moira's handbag and, like, that's why she wants to find him so badly? Yeah, her handbag yes, is lost. I'm almost certain. Oh, oh my God. So this show. Incredible. I think they talked about this in the like after the final season special but like whoever was doing wardrobe for the show is a genius because for david and moira like the wardrobe is such an important part of their character and like we always would joke like every episode david shows up with a different black like ridiculous shirt like how much fun must it have been to see something and know like that is going to be something david wears next season or whatever and it sure looks like dan levy like was either in charge of that, of that yeah. or just a huge part of that. that yeah. I loved how they touched on that in the behind the scenes special because I noticed that throughout the whole, you know, series. So I'm really glad that they brought attention to that and was like, yeah, every, every single outfit that every single character wore was a very conscious decision. And I, I just really liked that kind of attention to detail when it comes to that stuff. It was also just a really smart way of making the show visually distinctive because I think we've all gotten really used to the look and feel of sort of the single camera, like confessional office parks and rec Brooklyn nine, nine type show. And then obviously there's the outdated sort of multi-camera, you know, like, or whatever. I might get in my multi-single backwards, but you know what I'm talking about? Like the Mm -hmm. moving camera of like full house type deal. And, that obviously just looks super dated. And so you're kind of like, what is the way to make this look fresh and be clear that you're not Parks and Rec and you're not The Office? Um, and where they did use, I, which I didn't realize, like from seeing the behind the scenes, they use a lot of sets and not like location shooting. Using the, the costumes was, was really smart because there's just not a big canvas to sort of paint with. Right. Yeah, like, the, that's the other thing. is like, There's not that many characters. There's not that many places in Shit's Creek. Like, there's the Apothecary, <laughs> and the Motel, and the Cafe. The Cafe. And, blouse like, Barn. The Blouse Barn. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the Blouse Barn. Mutt's Barn. Like, there's not that many places yeah. in Shit's Creek. So, you're right. I think you're yeah, totally right. They're not right, really right. outside that often, either. No. Yeah. no. And it's that. always fun when they do, though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's like, it feels like an adventure. It was like that on Seinfeld, too. Like, whenever they went outside of the apartments or monks or one of their offices, they were like, this is a this is an adventure episode. It's the same on The Office. Like, when they yeah. left The Office, it was a very special episode. Yep. For sure. Yeah. That brings us to number four. Number four is the season two finale. I was surprised oh. to find this episode as low as it was, because at the time, I was... Very aggressively moved by it. So this is the episode where Moira and Johnny bump into some old acquaintances and they go mm. to dinner after they've canceled with Roland and Jocelyn and then they yeah. end up eating with them and they end up defending Shit's Creek in front of these 
like acquaintances that just like left them for dead basically so that that scene where like johnny's he i think he says something like the town you pass through is called schitt's creek and it's where we live and like these are our friends and like that like that would have been enough to drop the mic there but then and i wonder if they just didn't know if they were going to do another season because like really the show could have ended when they go back to mutt's barn and there's that really beautiful like party going on with the christmas lights up and moira and johnny and alexis and uh, david are all just kind of dancing together as a family and like they really with the camera work like make a point of like these four people are together and like enjoying each other's company in a way that they were not doing before they lived here which we always we always joke like any episode that like makes us kind of cry like tear up a little bit we're like oh what is this the season finale and it was but i think that was the first time that i because season one like the end of season one is emotional but this was the first time where i felt like deeply moved by schitt's creek yeah, I, agree. I couldn't agree more. I love that episode. This is the first time that they really show that they're connected to Shit's Creek, I think. Like, you can see that they have started to like it, but I think this is the first time that they really admit it. Yeah. You think? Yeah, they defend it in, in front of these people that they, you know, know somewhat well, I guess, but... Mm-hmm. And to each other, too. Like, I think I think that you get the sense early on that they, like, they're a family. But I think this was the first time where they sort of really declare we're in this together. And I think that those two things, I mean, it's not a great leap to say that the, those things are connected. That their feelings toward Shit's Creek and their feelings toward each other are closely connected. But, like, in saying we like Shit's Creek and Shit's Creek matters to us, they're saying we like each other and we you know, are connected to each other because that's why they like Schitt's Creek because because it represents them sort of turning back the clock on all these years they've missed with each other. And I think it's really cool because I was definitely worried, and as it turns out wrongly, I was worried early on that these characters were going to turn out to be kind of pods who didn't really have the deep relationship with each other or that the show wouldn't respect their relationships to each other enough to like treat them seriously. And I think this was a a, a relatively early indication that they were treating these relationships really seriously. Amen. So I have a few honorables, like every episode of this show is great, but I just picked a couple Mm. that like just missed my list. I think the pilot is, I I know the pilot like in retrospect is maybe not as funny, like without like the relationships you, you form later on. But I think that, (laughs) <laughs> I like the scene where they're in their house, like being tossed out of their house. Like, I think that's a cool scene. Yeah. Um, I think it's a good introduction to the show. So I, I remember really liking Oops. that. I wouldn't have talked about it in the not top if I knew you had it up here. It also definitely sets up the visual contrast to the rest of the show. Like I remember, I remember specifically wondering whether the mansion was going to come back or like be a part of the show. And I know that they did a couple of flashbacks to the mansion, but it was a real visual statement. Like, here is this place. We're not going back. And I, I, I remember being kind of struck and impressed by the fact that that was our really our only lengthy interaction with the house, except for a couple of flashbacks. It's also really interesting to me. I, I don't really know exactly how the TV industry works, but I do know that you create a pilot and then, you know, People are like, oh, I like this pilot. Let's 
you know, shoot more episodes. So it's, it's so funny to me that someone watched that ridiculous premise of a show and said, yeah, this will work and just trusted it. And, you know, part of why it's so cool, I think, is the magic of having Eugene and Dan Levy on this, because having Eugene Levy, who is a comedy legend, is really helpful to kind of giving you some air cover. Because even though, of course, it is his son, I think being associated with him, it, like, it buys you a little time. In the same way that I think for Parks and Rec, having the affiliation with Greg Daniels and then obviously Amy Poehler, it just buys you a little time to work out the kinks in a way that a lot of shows don't ever get the opportunity to work out the kinks. Yeah, yeah if there's some cachet that gets you a runway. Yeah. Uh, I also had season five, episode 13. That's not the season finale, but it's the episode where Patrick proposes on their hike. It's a nice moment. Oh, oh so that nice. was cute. So good. I have season two, episode two, family dinner, just because that's the episode with folded cheese in it. That one's not on the top 10. I am oh, folded cheese. Folded <laughs> what were they making empanadas or... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. What were they make? It's what like, they like a really f- case enchiladas. Yeah, it might be enchiladas. Something Mexican. Yeah, I I, it, yeah. It, it slid from my list because it pretty much runs on the strength of one joke. But then again, it is like one of the greatest jokes of the show. <laughs> I feel like this show, among many other things, used cursing really brilliantly in that it didn't overuse the word fuck. But when it did, it was really effective. And I'm now kind of forgetting whether they used it. But I feel like I can picture David being like, what the fuck does fold the cheese mean? (laughs) It's really good, really good work from Catherine O'Hara. But doing someone that like, it's the whole like, I know what the answer is. Why don't you tell me what it is? Like, you just fold it in. I don't know how else to explain it, David. Like, What do you got, Linus? It is enchiladas and the way she says it's like enchiladas (laughs) my famous enchiladas my mother's recipe yeah (laughs) that's like my grand did i ever tell you my grandmother made a claim somewhat recently that she made mincemeat pie for Mm. us which is i think just like a sweet pie which doesn't sound like the name i I, whatever that she made it for us every christmas hmm and she said this, like, at a family gathering, every single one of us was like, huh? And now we sure? normally let, like, some of her more outrageous statements go, but I remember we were all like, Mama, you've never made that for any of us. And then, like, after a little <laughs> bit of reflection, she made it one time, like, 30 years ago. Mm. And I feel like if the family got together on this topic, Moira probably had their maid make enchiladas one time 20 years ago and it suddenly turns into like her famous enchilada mm-hmm. recipe right well but you know Moira is not really prone to exaggeration so who knows <laughs> no good point i do think this episode brings up the funny point of them eating literally every meal at the cafe because i think we had <laughs> yeah. been like do they just always eat at the cafe like do they go anywhere else and then they say that in the episode they're like don't you think we should start cooking for ourselves sometimes <laughs> which is pretty funny i think if we were ever to do a top 10 fictional restaurants list which we should yeah. the cafe yes, tropical like is that, like that. the griffin yeah the cafe tropical is like definitely top three uh, the, the fucking enormous menus are the greatest props <laughs> that is oh, show. so good <laughs> uh, anyways 
So those are yeah. my honorables. We'll go back uh, after I do my top three, and we can round those out. Number three. These are some good episodes up here. Uh, I had the show's overall finale, season six, episode 14, happy ending. I remember at the time feeling very sad because I was not ready for the show to be over. I'm still not ready. And I remember feeling, well, very weird mix of emotions because I knew that the ending was like perfect and actually correct and like the way that these things go and bittersweet in all the right ways. But I think I had like tricked myself into believing that I actually wanted them all to stay in Shit's Creek. And yep. like, which you didn't. I didn't, but I really thought that I did. And so yeah. like at the time I remember being like really not disappointed, but like very, very sad on a couple of fronts. And like for a show to be able to accomplish that is really special. And then it's just it's a beautiful episode. Like David and, and Patrick get married and uh for those reasons I had that at number three. Not because of the crown that Moira wears while <laughs> she officiates the ceremony. Oh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the Pope so hat. That doesn't hurt. <laughs> or the fact that Alexis wears a wedding dress. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, actually, and I just remembered the reason that the episode is called Happy Ending is because of the massage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Um, we had a very interesting experience watching yes. the last season because I think we bought it on Amazon Prime yeah. or something, and it included that last like behind the scenes episode. Mm-hmm. So technically, that if there was I don't know ten episodes in the last season, that was episode ten. So when we were watching the finale, we oh, thought it was episode nine. We still had one left. Which was extremely confusing. Yeah, oh. but like with five or ten minutes left, we we're like, yeah, we're this like, feels like a finale. Oh, so you weren't so, even mentally prepared. That's terrible. No. Yeah. Jarring. Yeah. But then when we saw the, I remember when we saw this, the Shit's Creek sign. Well, first of all, we knew, we knew it was going to fix the sign. Like we were like, okay, the sign's getting it fixed. But when we saw the sign, we're like, oh, this is it. Like this is absolutely the last episode. Yeah, because when they, they packed up and moved. We we're like, what else could happen? Like, yeah. it's and we were kind it's of over. <laughs> like, oh no, I hope nothing else happens. Yeah, yeah. So. It's just, it's pretty extraordinary. Like, some shows go out on top. Like, we were talking recently about Fleabag and how mm. it was so. Oh we're so glad that they decided to end Fleabag when they no did. spoilers, but no, no, no spoilers, but yeah. but it was two seasons. Right. And like as remarkable of a run as that show had and as remarkable as it is that I, I'm both sad and happy that it ended what it did. That was two seasons. Schitt's Creek did six and it still felt like it went out exactly on top. That was a big focus of that bonus episode was like the decision to end this show yeah. right when it was achieving a critical mass, which is so hard to do. But I'm hopeful that they can turn that momentum into... I just can't wait to see what, like, Dan Levy does next. Like, what is his career going to be like? Because yeah. I cause, think he probably of the... Like, I think he has a career behind the camera. I don't think he will have a career in front of the camera really beyond this. Because I think he's too closely identified with the character. Both in terms of, like, his popularity, but also in terms of actually, I think... Being yeah. somewhat similar to that character. It's a little bit of a Larry <laughs> David situation where he's playing like an exaggerated version of himself. 
<laughs> but I think his sensitivity and humor and ability to like weave those things together means he can do anything. I, I imagine you're right. I think he'll probably, I imagine him just writing because he wrote a really large yeah. portion of this show. Oh, so he I'd, did? Oh, yeah. I'd be curious to see what he writes next and I eagerly anticipate it. So uh, episode two, this is my personal favorite episode, even though I have it ranked at number two, just because I think it's less important to the overall structure of the show is the season four finale uh merry christmas johnny rose so mike you were saying earlier there's a couple of flashback episodes and i think this this episode has its funny moments like when moira and uh david do their performance up on stage (laughs) their annual performance but like the way that they flash back and forth between like what a christmas party at the rose mansion was like compared to like johnny so desperately wanting to have a party at the motel and like understanding why it's important to him and i think most importantly like you you hear like they mostly use it for jokes like when they talk about what their life was like where alexis will say like oh well when i was in uh uh, armenia at that concert or whatever or like when when david says well when i was you know here with these people this celebrity you know whatever they're mostly calling back to their previous life, mostly like as a form of comedy. And it alludes to the way that they interacted or how they didn't interact back then. But you see it only this, like in focus in this episode and like the sadness, there's a, there's a scene where like everyone's left and it's this huge house with nobody in it. David's already upstairs. Alexis is away with friends. And Johnny says something like, like, would have been nice if we had all been together for one moment, you know, tonight. And Moira really can't be bothered. And he's just like this lone guy in his house, this huge house with nobody in it. And it's like such a sad moment that frames everything else that's happening on the other side of the episode in the motel. And I think like, it's a really expertly put together episode. And I don't know, it's my favorite episode. I love it. Fundamentally, it's a Christmas Carol. (laughs) It's the, it's the Christmas Carol story. And it's just like you said, expertly done. And it's sort of like, I, I don't know if the Rosebud thing is like a joke, but the, I'm not going to pretend I've seen Citizen Kane maybe someday, but I'm familiar with the term. Like Rosebud is the concept that there's something that explains why somebody is the way that they are. And I think this is the Rosebud episode for Johnny Rose. Like this is where you see why Christmas matters to him so much and why he is trying to cling so hard both to his family in one direction and his prior success in another direction. And I think it's it's cool to see that push and pull because I don't think the show ever scoffs at either. Like, I think that's a cool thing, too, about the show is like it doesn't make them out, obviously, other than for jokes, it doesn't make them out to be like shallow assholes who just want to get away and be successful. It's like there was something really alluring about the life that they lived. And it's not stupid that they want to get back to it. No. Yeah. That, that analogy is more apt than you, than you realize. Cause like the Rosebud thing is supposed to, sh- to show that like this guy that was a, a multimillionaire, you know, had this empire, like what really matters to him is his childhood and like the family that he used to have and no longer does. It's kind of like a reverse scenario with Johnny, but yeah, I think that's a great episode. Uh, and the best episode, I think this probably doesn't come as a surprise to <laughs> anybody. Uh, I had number one, Life is a Cabaret. That's oh, the season five finale. 
Um, I'm not a big show rewatcher. This is the only episode I have gone back and watched a second time <laughs> because I couldn't stop thinking about it and I just had to watch it again. I intend, I think, to watch this whole series again because I just loved it so much, but that one was the one that I like had to see again immediately. Absolutely. I remember when that episode ended, I think we just like sat on the couch and looked at each other like, wow, like I always knew that it was such a great show, but I think that was that episode. I, it really made me realize like how special this show is. And like, this is going to, I'm going to think about this show like years into the future, you know? What I like about it is that like a lot of these episodes, like they focus on a specific character and like make them shine or a couple of characters. And like, really everybody is at their best in this episode. Like Moira and Jocelyn pull together this amazing show. And like, actually the logistics, like, of them learning the dance numbers. Like, the show itself is incredible. Stevie and Patrick are performing on stage. Like, like David and Johnny, like, they're all in the audience watching and, like, supporting their friends and family. Moira gives Stevie that amazing pep talk. Oh, my God. Right before Stevie goes oh. out and totally crushes it. There's no, like... There is there is the subplot of, like, also everyone has found out that um, Patrick and David are engaged. And, like, David is being a little, like petty and that he wants to make the announcement himself at the cast party and everything but like for the most part this episode is just a celebration of like what these people have accomplished and like the family like nuclear and extended that they've created and um uh, it's just a beautiful it's a beautiful show and it's like there's it's no more it's never better encapsulated than in this episode i would have loved to see what all of the actors reaction was when dan levy was like so we're going to throw a musical into the show and you're going to have to sing and dance and wear cabaret costumes. Like what? <laughs> Who? Like, it's just crazy that they just like went with it and trusted him and just did it big. Yeah. Another thing I was not expecting to see from the show, a right. musical. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. I think one of the things that's really cool about the show and it kind of goes on the other side of the like not saying that they were total jerks before is that. The show just, and this is no profound insight, but the show just really celebrates the kind of little joys of life. And I think it's really cool that the show, like, in a small town, like, the birth of Roland and Jocelyn's kid is a big deal. Like, Bob getting divorced is a big deal. Having a show that, like, takes over the town is a big deal. Having the premiere of The Crows of Eyes is a big deal. Like, it it really leans into how big these things are for these people and it doesn't make fun of it, which I think is so cool and so ballsy because it's so easy. It's just so easy to make fun of people getting excited about stuff. And I just think that's like really cheap, easy comedy. And the show just doesn't take that opportunity. Like you could so easily make fun of all the characters for investing as much into this show as they do in cabaret. And it doesn't, it like genuinely celebrates it. And we're supposed to be, and are really excited that like Stevie's as great as she is. Like, that's cool. I like that. That's kind. And that's takes a lot more guts to do than to make fun of her. Yeah. I was surprised that, or I think it showed growth in David's character that he wasn't the one to make fun of them because i think like how embarrassed he gets in the other episode we talked about when patrick does the open mic and he just thinks it's like dorky and doesn't want any part of it 
Like, he really wants to go see them in this show. He's, like, totally bought in by this point, I think. Also, yeah. this is the episode where Ted leaves. And at the end, Alexa says, Ted has to Galapago. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. Which is not the most important part of the episode, most important part of the episode, but important nonetheless. Still notable. No, that's important. What enough. is Alexis Alexis's plot line in this episode? I kind of forget. She's also in the show. In that's the actually show. part of the plot line. Is that like Moira forgets she's in it? She's like, "Well, what are you doing tonight?" She's like, "I'm in the show." <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. But I don't remember what else. Probably saying goodbye to Ted. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So that was my list. What other episodes do you guys want to talk about? I would maybe oh, add wow. the one where Patrick comes out to his parents. Ooh. That was going to be the, that's like oh, yeah. the big, big one that sticks out for me. Cause I remember they did, I think it was maybe glad. Um, somebody did like, they did a, a message on like helping young people who are trying to come out to their families. Mm-hmm. And I remember that was like a, that, felt like something that episode felt really important it's interesting because that's like the only episode where like the fact that patrick and david are gay together is like really a plot line like I, they talk about this in the in the mm-hmm. after episode but like what's so unique about Shit's creek is that it's not an event or an abnormal that a major character is gay like it just is like this is what a gay relationship can and should be like and I feel like this is the kind of one episode where they deviated from that in a really meaningful way, but meaningful mm-hmm. nonetheless. Yeah, and I think it was, I think. I mean, I think it was really, it was important and smart that they, that the focus of like the difficulty for Patrick coming out was his parents. Because I think the show would have been less interesting if it had been about like, social pressure or his own feelings like at that point he's pretty comfortable with who he is and he's not concerned about like the town it's just he has a specific relationship with his parents and he's worried about it changing it and i think you know that's not been something i've had to go through but i would imagine for me that would be the most difficult and scary part of that and i think the show was smart to focus on that a heartwarming part of this episode also is how supportive Johnny and Moira are of David, which you see throughout the show. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's just another example of them being kind and accepting and good parents. But um, yeah, I think he makes some comment to the, to Patrick's parents, but it's before Patrick's parents know. Remember that's like the funny part of the episode is that they assume Patrick's parents know, and then they, don't so then they have to dance around it until patrick finally gets a chance to talk to them himself but they're all super supportive and like really excited for the conversation to happen so it's also just heartwarming in that regard too yep what else you got linus um so i don't remember anything else that happened in this episode and i don't know what episode number or from what season it is but all right alexis's graduation night when oh yes she's mm-hmm. like so nervous to graduate and just kind of feeling sad that her family doesn't really care and she gets to graduation and Moira and the Jazzy Gals are singing on stage. That was a really heartwarming moment. That might be the season three finale. I think finale. it is. I was looking these up before this. I think that is also a season finale. That's a nice moment. Which is not surprising. 
Because it's a tearjerker. Yeah. yeah, they really pull out the tearjerkers for the finales, huh? Yeah, they don't fuck around. Mm-hmm. Each each finale <laughs> each finale might be your last. I feel like this show kind of went like epi- like season to season, and so they were like, well, if this is it, yeah. we're gonna what else. I don't know. I, it all that's a, it for me at least. That's a show that kind of runs together. Yeah. Like yep. the yeah. joy of it all just runs together, and I think that's part of what I love about it. Yep. So yeah. I'm gonna. I don't have any to offer. The only one that I wanted to make sure you mentioned was the one that Ali just mentioned. Yeah. Another one that I don't know if this would really count for this list, but for some reason it keeps coming back into my mind is when Alexis is sad from. I think that she and Ted broke up. And she gets really into the soap opera that Moira used to be in. And they all become like obsessed with watching the soap opera. And then (laughs) she gets on all the message boards. And then that's how she finds out that Moira got screwed over. And that's why she didn't get asked to come back. So it takes kind of a nice turn where it starts off as just like this funny bit about Alexis, like binge watching a TV show and falling way down the rabbit hole because she doesn't have anything else to do. But then it ends with her helping Moira get a better TV deal. What's that show called? And she dates that old guy, remember? Sunrise Oh, yeah. Oh, that guy. Isn't it Yuri the Trainer? It's that same actor? Yes, it is Yuri the Trainer who trains. That is who it is. Yep. Not even a small pair of pooms. What is that show called? Sunrise Bay or? That sounds Uh, right. That does sound right. Ah, that's great. Alexis is also just a very good ends up being a great like manager for moira mm-hmm. like yeah partially through her investigation of her work but anyways we're getting we're getting long not long but we're getting around our time around an hour so do we want to do some re-ranking here and no? i'm comfortable yeah. with exactly what you guys did i think that you got it just right okay well in that case i will recap the episodes it was a real pleasure talking about Shit's creek with you two today damn right you thanks for well. coming ladies uh all right i will recap uh, in its original order, number ten we had uh, wine and roses <laughs> and flute <laughs> wine. Number nine we had open mic night with Patrick and David. Number eight the premiere of the crows have eyes. <laughs> number seven the hospies, <laughs> and better known as the uh, Alexis edition episode. Number six the MVP, aka the softball game episode. Number five finding David. Number four, the season two finale, happy anniversary. Number three, the finale of the show overall, happy endings. <laughs> number two, my favorite episode, Merry Christmas, Johnny Rose. And number one, the season five finale, Life is a Cabaret. If for some reason Snaps you've listened to, to this entire episode and you haven't watched Shit's Creek, I mean, that's that sucks, but you should go back and watch it. <laughs> <laughs> and if you've watched it, you should go back and watch it again. Yeah. <laughs> or sure. Have you guys watched it more than once? That's what I'm about to do yet? right now. What did you say? Oh, I said, have you guys watched it more than once? Um, you watched a I couple. S- yeah, I, I like to have it on as a, just a background show. I'm not actively sitting down and watching it, but it's just, it's some nice voices to have on <laughs> when I'm doing chores or something. It's nice to revisit I'll, these I'll be people. back for sure. Yeah, definitely. That's a good point, though. Now that I've seen it once, I don't need to be glued to it. But even just to have right. the dialogue on in the background. I feel like I'd like it. to institute a tradition of watching the Merry Christmas episode at least once a Christmas season. Oh, that's nice. Oh, that's I a great get on board idea. With that. I think that would really put I me in the I think I could spirit. probably do that. Yeah. Okay. I love that. I'm that's down. like for the, the Friends lovers in the group. I know that this podcast aren't big fans, but there's the iconic. I like Smelly Cats. 
Okay. Oh, right. you watch Smelly Cat, the one where she sings about the Smelly Cat again? No, the <laughs> that's thing, the they only do a Thanksgiving episode every season, and it's like a known thing to watch the Thanksgiving episode. Is it called the one that something? Or isn't that how all the episodes are titled? Mm-hmm. That's yeah, stupid. that's the show, Mike. That's yeah, dumb. All that right. show sucks. Well, you suck. Well, we're th- th- things that don't suck. One, Kevin McLeod. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin McLeod, <laughs> for our intro music. How about that segue? Thank you for your... Yeah, uh, that, that was a pretty good segue. Thanks for the Not Top 3 music, even though we didn't use it today, because it's just yeah, too good th- of a show. Sorry to you, Eugene and Dan made the yeah. show too good for us to play Not Top. Take it up with them. Yeah. Also, thank you and uh, to my sister Erin and her fantastic artwork, which you have seen if you have seen our podcast art, uh, work. And uh, if you want to see more of Erin's stuff, of course, it's always available on Instagram at Sand Design. Yeah, and thank you to our wonderful social media director, Caroline, who is right here. Caroline, do you want to tell the peeps where to find your stuff, our stuff, all that? Sure thing. So you can find top 10 material at top10km on Instagram and Facebook, but not Twitter. Twitter sucks. Um, <laughs> and you can find my stuff at cml.photos on Instagram and Facebook. Caroline, are you going to yeah. post the night photos that you took on your website as well as sending them to me directly? Uh, yeah, I'm thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, why so. wouldn't you? What what would be know. keeping you from it? Don't you do lifestyle photos? That counts as lifestyle. I, I guess, could but also, the stars aren't paying me to take their pics. I mostly could also post my very easily sessions. scrub this if, this is, if those are pictures you don't want to put on your website. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll put them on my website. We can plug them. Oh, great. Yeah, we want to see those. Uh, so if you want to send us any... <laughs> emails where you tell us we suck or you know you want to say that friend sucks or whatever uh top 10 km at gmail.com 10 spelled out t-e-n finally I'm sure you're listening to us on some sort of listening app but if you're looking for another one we are on the apple podcast app stitcher spotify podbean pretty much wherever podcasts can be found so thank you friends for joining us kyle that's all i have to say that's all there is to say. One more thank you to uh, Allegis and Caroline. Thank you for joining us today. That was a lot of fun. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks thank for you. having me. This is awesome. All right. See you later, amigos. All right. Arrivederci. All right. Adios. Peace.